You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hi, friends. Well, I feel like this is a special edition because today we're doing something really different. So let me tell you where we are, who we're with, and why things are so different this week. So we were new at our church in Tennessee, and we heard about a great Bible study for couples. My husband and I decided to join it for some marriage maintenance after a big year of transition. You know, we've been married 27 years. Some of our children are grown, they're on their own, and some are still in grade school. So some of you have followed my story, but you know that when we moved to Tennessee, my husband was here for a week and then got on a plane to go back to Oregon. We had a year of transition going back and forth. And um, after he finally was able to be here full time with us, we saw this opportunity at church for joining this Bible study as a really good place just to hit the reset button as we were settling in. The leaders of our Bible study were continually sharing about their lives and the transformation of their marriage. So today, my husband Andrew and I are sitting down with Dean and Christy to chat about marriage. We hope you're encouraged. And Andrew, since it's your first time here, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself or say hello so everybody know your voice. Hello, this is Andrew Fields, and I'm the husband of 27 years to Pam Fields. You know her voice probably fairly well. You don't know mine, but maybe today you'll get a chance to hear a little bit more from me. And Dean and Christy, you guys, I don't know who's going to go first. You can just jump right in and say hello. I am Christy McKenzie and uh, the wife of Dean McKenzie. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Yay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm Dean McKenzie. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at the River Community Church, 25 uh, for the most part, wonderful years uh, married to this woman, and uh, this is how kind of our story. So if we can just jump back, sure. tell me kind of like what you go through when you talk to people, when you introduce yourself at Reengage, okay. which is the name of the Bible study mm -hmm. that we went to. Um, how do you introduce yourself there? Well, when we do reengage, uh, and, and you say Bible study, and, and it is truly a Bible study because it's mostly kind of a discipleship program for married people. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we just tell everybody uh, who we are, and and then we take them through our journey uh, from uh, what these twenty five years have looked like. Uh, we have a, uh, it, you could almost split our journey in half right at, a, at about 12 years or so. Uh, we call that the first half is uh, 1.0 and the second half is 2.0. Uh, yes. And we finally got things right in 2.0. Finally. Finally. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So finally, when we decided that the, the way we were doing things wasn't working, um, we dove into just seeking what is it that um, God requires of us. Mm. And so that's where our journey started was we are not doing things right. And um, to step back just a little bit more, um, we were both divorced. So this was our second marriage and um, statistics in the world are, you know, with each additional marriage, it's your the it increase of uh, probability of, of divorce again goes up. And so we knocked out that 60% chance of us getting divorced by allowing God to come in yeah. and make the changes mm -hmm. necessary. So, And when we start uh, re-engage, we always tell everybody our story and kind of our testimony, what it looked like, uh, just to, to show people and to help them connect. People really want to connect with people who have been through what they're going through uh, or something similar to it. Uh, it's hard to minister to people out of a book and not experience. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is through Reengage, we've taken what Christ and what God says about marriage, mostly through Ephesians 5, and, and everybody hears that from the pulpit. Uh, so we try to put examples, practical examples, especially from our life, 
in that scripture to make it more relatable and people can really understand what God was saying uh, of how, how to do marriage in a godly fashion. Uh, and we didn't have, going into this, into our marriage, we had, uh, we both came from loving families, uh, but we didn't have a really great example of what a godly marriage looked like. And what we found is as we traveled through this, uh, we found that most people ha- don't really understand uh, Ephesians 5, what God wanted for marriage. So that's where we really started to dig in. And, and God took us through this horrible first 12 years, and I was a terrible husband. I was, I was so bad, very self-centered, uh, not concerned about my wife really at all, uh, you know, surface level kind of stuff. But uh, I didn't understand what, when God said, uh, husbands love your wife like Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's, that's a great phrase to hear, but what does that look like? So I really started to have, I really started to dig in and see exactly uh, what that looked like and what God expected of me as a husband, uh, a man and a father. Uh, what did that look like? Yeah, so neither one of us came from a church background, so our families weren't, um, I didn't grow up, grow up in church, and neither did Dean, and so when we started our marriage, we had, we had no clue what mm-hmm. we were doing. We just knew that we needed to do it different, and for, for us at that time, it was going to church, so we joined a church, and um just really started learning. For me, he had more, uh, Dean had more um, Bible knowledge than me. I had zero. Like So um, for me, it was, my passion was being with children. And so I started jumping in and teaching children. And that's where I started to learn and had the biggest spiritual growth in my life. But just being in church doesn't make everything right because we weren't consistent um, we would go to, we would go to church whenever Dean didn't need to mow the grass or you know that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until, gosh, June nineteen ninety nine when um, we were on a trip, and he was he is an avid reader and he, the book that he had brought and we had gone to Idaho so we were out mm-hmm. west your your way, he uh, had read through the whole book that he had brought on the trip. And so this was before cell phones. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Do we ever imagine life without mm-hmm. a cell phone? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so he started reading the Left Behind series books, and that's God really got a hold of him. That's when he realized that, yeah, we're not doing this right. But even still, <laughs> um, it was years later when we really surrendered our lives to the Lord to see exactly what it is that he wanted of, of us for our marriage. So Yeah, and, th- and through that, um, well, I think one of the biggest things that we realized is, and, and because we did have divorce in our past, is we brought a whole lot of baggage mm. into this marriage, uh, unresolved issues that we've had from previous marriages. And I would say to people that uh, even are in their first marriage and not have been through divorce, uh, that even old relationships prior to marriage, you mm-hmm. tend to carry a ton of baggage. And even from your family of origin, uh, there can be mm-hmm. much baggage that you bring into a, a marriage. And, uh, and God's ready to deal with all that if we would just let him. And what we found out is, and what we found out over the years of doing Reengage is, uh, if you, it, God's way, your marriage will work 100% of the time. Yes. I mean, 100%. If you do it God's way, and there's so many people that uh, don't, uh, and statistically, the divorce rate is the same inside the church as it is in the secular world. It's 50%, and that's just, that's not acceptable at Mm -hmm. all. Uh, so, you know, we, we were looking at all of that and trying to learn as much as we could about godly marriages and consuming everything possible that, you know, give us insight uh, and spent a couple of years doing that. And then we kind of ran across Reengage through a friend of ours and uh, started exploring that. We thought, wow, this is everything that we've read in one book. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we really have adopted that, and we've seen uh, such a massive success rate through this process, and it enriches our lives every time we take somebody through it again. So when we got married, we had we were both in the church for a while. I started mm-hmm. when I was 15. Andrew grew up more in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, when we decided to get married, of course, there was like six weeks of premarital counseling, mm-hmm. and that was from a biblical perspective, sure. and they taught us you know, here are the components for a good godly marriage. Mm. But then after that point, when you walk down the aisle and say, I do, now you're on your own. (laughs) And there isn't really any accountability. Nobody's checking in. Nobody is continually nurturing that relationship. Mm. And I Mm -hmm. do think that we just kind of Uh, even before the days of social media, we are only portraying what we want to be seen. Sure. And when we go to church on Sunday, when we interact in Mm. a Sunday school picnic or something like that, we are only um, a lot of times just so deep, right? Not super deep. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I really appreciated with this was, was like you said, and and when I said Bible study, I I wasn't really sure that was the right word. And I think maybe a better word would be coaching Mm. is that this is almost a formal Mm. like huddle. We're going to get a bunch of us together and we're just going to talk about marriage and the components. And truly that could be done uh, through a lot of different formats, no matter where you live. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wonder just as a thought, provoking question for everybody listening is, are you in a position where you have people sharpening you, where you're intentionally looking at your marriage and surrounding yourself with people around you who who will sharpen? I mean, the word says iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we are secluding ourselves or um, pulling away so that we aren't in those positions, then we're just not going to find that mm-hmm. that sharpening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's right on the money. Uh, What we have found is, and let me step back just a little bit for that. Uh, And Chris, you jump in if if I miss anything here. Uh, What we found is uh, because people don't know, you know what they don't know right uh, they you know because nobody's modeled things for them uh and usually at a church you'll get a blurb or a sermon or something like that with with not really and it's not really a shortcoming of any preacher uh but there's not uh any follow-up like you're talking mm-hmm. about uh and so uh it it's always better for us it's great because we're so knee deep in the marriage ministry and we get to do this all the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. so our marriage is always in front of us mm-hmm. uh, but you made a really good point um pam because we were going along and it was like we have no clue what we're doing and I, I felt like I was drowning in it all. I felt like I didn't have anybody that I could really confide in and talk to about it. Because you get this false picture in your head that you're married to the one you love. It should be easy. Mm-hmm. You should be, you should get along all the time. You should, you know... All of these things should just magically happen. and But what ends up happening is you all of a sudden wake up and you go, oh, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And why is it so hard to be married? Mm-hmm. And you start listening to those lies of the mm-hmm. enemy that my soulmate is still out there. Marriage mm-hmm. shouldn't be this hard. Or mm-hmm. we've had so much for us. It was we've had so much damage. We can mm-hmm. never get past this. And so very important piece of our story was when we were in that chaos part Mm -hmm. after 12 years, um, we came to the church. We came and talked Mm -hmm. to the pastors, Mm -hmm. and we got paired with a wonderful couple that helped walk us through it. So we were each in counseling, professional counseling, and then they would bring us together, uh, that counselor would. But this additional couple was our mentor couple mm-hmm. in the church that was available to us to pray with us and mm-hmm. to, because the counselor's not always available, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're having those moments and they really were intentional in pouring in and checking up on us mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, we were in the word, that we were following the mm-hmm. advice of the 
the pastors and the counselors and, and all of that. And they loved us through so well. Yes, they did. And we're so grateful. And I say to anybody, you need that couple mm-hmm. that you can be real with, that you can trust mm-hmm. to give you biblical advice yeah. when you're going through those moments. Because, you know, we do get into these um, unmet expectations, which, you know, sometimes... Uh, Dean says baggage a lot, uh, you know, that, Mm -hmm. but also these unmet expectations that we haven't communicated with each other. And Mm -hmm. so that causes a whole lot of grief, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. And there's some very basic things about Mm -hmm. marriage that people just don't understand. I remember when we were first uh, started to consume books and, and figure out what God really wanted for marriage. <laughs> we would lay in bed at night and like one night I'd read a chapter to her and the next night she'd read a chapter to me. And every night we would close that book and just look at each other and said, no one ever told us this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how to mm-hmm. communicate. I mm-hmm. mean, basic communication. We're, we're actually working with a couple who've been married for 33 years and she thought that he didn't love her because he hasn't told her in 30 some years that he loves her. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's basic communication at the basic level and then how to uh, how you look at one another instead of being, you know, adversarial, uh, you're being champions of each other. And Mm -hmm. and uh, it just the whole process just kind of it it really draws people to that oneness that God intended, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, when you leave your mother and father and you cleave mm-hmm. to your spouse and you become one mm-hmm. and we hear that and we hear it at weddings and you know everywhere but what what really does that look like mm-hmm. i think we need more teaching about this because i think that we we do kind of just jump in and we're trying to figure it out and anybody from the outside is looking at you know a newlywed couple and they're like yeah they're they're just stumbling mm-hmm. through they're just trying to figure it out we'll just let them glow uh, you know we'll just let them alone and they'll figure it out you know and so they just let us trudge on year after year and then pretty soon you're not the newlywed couple anymore but you still have the same symptoms I guess and then um, then you get to a point where it's like wow we've got these issues but we really should know better we've been married for 10 years Mm. or we've been married for 15 years and and now we're in a situation where um, it's it's humiliating or it's a you know downgrade and gosh I should know better and now it's embarrassing to tell somebody that I don't know like you said I don't I didn't ever realize this why didn't anybody ever ever say anything about this stuff to us you know well what's really remarkable and we go back to statistics again that Chris and I always uh, you know give to our folks is a marriage uh, really needs to be in crisis for six years before anybody seeks help and that's a that's an average but that's Mm. a statistic Uh, and it's mostly always the wife that seeks out help uh, and I, I would encourage men to just cowboy up and, you know, and not be afraid of counseling. Counseling saved our marriage. It really did. Uh, it We had, like Christy said, we had some godly people pouring into us, helped us to understand what God, you know, expected of us. And, and uh, one of the main things that we teach, and I think scripture teaches teaches it too, and I know it does, is that uh, no matter how our spouse acts Hmm. toward us, whether they're holding up their end of the deal or not, we are to always hold up our end because Mm -hmm. it's obedience to God. Not, I'm not going to give Christy what what I receive from her. I'm going to give her what God tells me to give her, Mm -hmm. whether I think she deserves it or not, and vice versa. Uh, you know, I, I men drive with, on respect. That's mm-hmm. kind of our big thing. Uh, and women is love and security. Mm-hmm. And uh, how how do we give that to each other? What does that look like? How do we make each other comfortable in that and and, and accountable, which mm-hmm. is a big piece of it as well? Yeah, let's jump back to premarital because when when Chris and I were getting married, we went to marriage premarital counseling, and it lasted like forty five minutes, and that was it. <laughs> Do you guys think you're 
compatible? Yes. Do you love each other? Yes. Okay. See you later. You know, kind right, you're of not going to change my mind. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah, already yeah, decided yeah. to do this. <clears throat> yeah. So, so we, even here at, at, at our church, uh, we have a premarital program that, uh, we take the, the, people that are engaged through and it looks very similar to re-engage so we try to and chris and i have done this and led this we try to give them everything that we have been through that we have learned in a premarital area because Mm -hmm. so many uh just unrealistic expectations exist (laughs) you know they watch movies and they get an idea of what marriage looks like from hollywood and all this stuff and it's just so wrong uh, so we try to we try to cover that as well, uh, but I I would say even to churches if there's anybody that is in leadership in churches, uh, people churches tend to focus more on divorce care mm-hmm. than they do marriage care, mm-hmm. and we thought man that's just got it backwards the horse mm-hmm. is already out of the barn and the door's closed, let's work on these marriages before they end in divorce. And, and the success rate through reengage has been phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. We had a couple that were called me. The lady called me on Friday, and said our divorce is final on Monday. If I can get my husband to come to reengage, will you do it? And and we said absolutely. You know, and this is a God story, mm-hmm. and they are they're halfway through, and they're living like they just got married. It's mm-hmm. amazing what God can do once people give themselves over to to allow God to make changes in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put my little oar in the water here. So probably one of the things I would think about with regards to, when I think back to premarital counseling, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that was six weeks of communication in a foreign language that I didn't know, <laughs> such that it didn't matter what they said, I walked away with zero knowledge because I don't remember any advice given to me. Yeah. Or if it was... Um, six weeks of counseling where I was in the room, but the audio was turned off so I couldn't hear anything, such that it didn't matter whether I could understand it because I couldn't hear it because I don't remember anything. I think probably, I mean, and I don't know if that's the way it is for everybody. Maybe you're looking towards your marriage and you're eight to 10 weeks, maybe a few months away. And so your mind is in the clouds and all you can think about is, there was one of the quotes in the Reengage book, which is everybody gets married for the ideal then they encounter an ordeal, mm-hmm. and then they're looking for a, for a new, new deal. deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's that ideal position that causes the challenge. I almost think maybe it might not be a bad idea for a church to do like what the river's doing with regards to doing some work in advance. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then also six months later, while all those habits are being formed, because you're also establishing new habits as a new couple, and before those habits get formed to the point where you both kind of have established your little places and the shine is kind of worn off a little bit because you're no longer newlyweds, maybe it would be a bad idea to try to come alongside those new couples and say, you know what, can we give you guys 12 weeks of training so that you guys, as you establish yourselves as a couple, now your honeymoon's over, and maybe that might help take those 50% stats, and maybe we could change that a little bit because I I think it's terrible that we have have numbers that look like the secular world because that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. That's my thoughts. I think it is a changing of the mindset, mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. you're explaining. You know, I I know now that I'm a mom and I've homeschooled several children, I know we each have different learning styles, and I've recognized that I have a learning style. Mm-hmm. I'm not great at book learning. I learn a lot by doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just that's just the way I am with mm-hmm. my personality. And if we think about that idea, if we, we put all of our effort in, I'm going to learn about marriage before I get married married, so that I can then be good at marriage. And then we don't go in and, and continually invest and cultivate that. Mm-hmm. I, I like um, the idea of maintenance. And that was when we looked at this program at the church and, and we thought, well, we're, we've been married 27 years. Mm-hmm. Like, should we go to that? I'm not even sure if we should go. We, we have had couples from eight months married mm-hmm. to 38 years. Um, and... Every one of them at every stage, it is it is so beneficial. I mm-hmm. think to to talk about these things because, like you said, you know, before you know it, you're 15 years in, and and you're like, I should know better than this, but it's because we haven't 
we haven't cultivated our communication skills. And what does that look like? You know, mm-hmm. it's two different people with two different ideas, two different learning styles, two different mm-hmm. everything. And we expect to just mesh mm-hmm. and that it all be good. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, when we were talking about premarital counseling, we dive into expectations with mm-hmm. them. And we say, what does it look for, like for you for holidays? Mm-hmm. You know, and automatically one has one idea. Well, my family always mm-hmm. celebrates on, <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Well, so does my family always celebrate on Christmas Eve. So what does that look like? And then you throw in the wrench of I've just graduated from nursing school and I have to take the bottom rung of a job that's going to require me to work every holiday. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for your family? You know, and so things like that, we, we press hard into mm-hmm. that with the couples. And, and I don't care if you've been married for five mm-hmm. months, six months, 38 yeah. years. Yeah. Reengage is great because it helps start mm-hmm. at the beginning lay those foundations in such a way that they build on each other. Mm-hmm. And by the time you're done, you've got a better picture of how to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and just to be very transparent and real, part of the problem is a lot of people don't, they think they've got it, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't, they're not open to uh, any outside influence. And, and also to be honest, uh, you know, uh, here in Tennessee, and I don't know how it is in, in any other state, but it's required to go through uh, a premarital and you get a price break on your marriage license. So, you know, we do get people like that. And <laughs> mm-hmm. what's amazing is, you know, you start talking to them and after about an hour, they're sitting there with their mouth hanging open because oh, this is all new and, and we didn't expect this. And we thought it was just going to be, do you love and do you love and okay, go get married. Uh, kind of thing, but we, you know, I, I haven't heard anybody say, okay, we've decided not to get married <laughs> after the class, but it's it's very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you guys said, uh, y- you came to for maintenance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and we get probably, we've taken 102 couples through reengage mm-hmm. so far. We've only been doing it a couple of years, so, uh, you know, those numbers will climb, and, and it's full every time we do it. We get people that say they're, they're coming for maintenance and then uh we start going through the process through the program and they're going oh uh yeah there's a lot more to this than what Mm -hmm. we thought there's a whole lot of area that we're struggling with that we didn't even realize and you know so uh god's god's standard is pretty high and Mm -hmm. and our standard for our marriage should be as high Mm -hmm. as we can make it uh absolutely and not compromise on anything that God says that our marriage should be and a lot of people don't do that they they live there's three types of marriage that we we consider uh, predominant. Uh, one is you have a great marriage. You, you work at it constantly. Uh, you, you two, as my wife says, we have a perfect marriage Two imperfect people relying on a perfect God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, that's number one. The second one is that you live together. You don't really, um, communicate with each other. You kind of do your own thing. That's our first kind of undivorced. More like roommates. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of a, we call that undivorced. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the third one is uh, it's hostile, but you exist in the same house. You know, constantly you don't communicate, you don't do anything together. That's another undivorced. So those are really the three types of marriages, mm-hmm. and and people tend to fit maybe in between a couple of those mm-hmm. if they're not all the way in it. So you know. Uh, marriage is tough Mm -hmm. and we find ourselves working at it every day. Uh, it requires work when we start sitting back and enjoying the status quo and taking uh, each other for granted. That's when things just really start to go south. Um, I'm not a car girl, but I've got this idea in my mind, you know, I go back to that maintenance because that is where we came into doing Mm -hmm. this now. I change the air filters in my house because those get gummed up and I need to do that every now and then. Right. Mm -hmm. So that the system works properly. And, um, you know, if I were back when I was a dental assistant, I had to go to continuing ed classes to make sure that my skills were sharp and Mm -hmm. I was aware of things. Right. That was just kind of what I had to do. And we 
all have to maintain our cars and we mm -hmm. all do put that on a priority mm -hmm. level, right? Mm -hmm. There's a certain amount of miles or months we go in and do things. Well, if I go take my car in for an oil change, they're not just looking at my car's oil. They're looking at all the different systems, the brakes and the, you know, all the, all the things, which I don't know what they are. So I'm glad they're looking at <laughs> yeah. them because I don't have to. But, but that's the same idea. So what you said, you know, a lot of people come in, they're looking at maintenance, and then they realize, whoa, like I didn't even know that was there. And mm -hmm. we did find that to be true mm -hmm. because, you know, coming in and, and we're going, Wow. Well, I learned this and, you know, from my family, I learned mm. this growing up. I saw this as an example and, and you, you know, wow. Yeah. And we just have learned, um, uh, to get, we, we've kind of gotten into a rut of certain ways that we've learned to, to work around each other. Yeah. And we didn't stop to say, oh, well, that's the way we do it, but why do we do that? And, and what sure. does the Bible have to say about that? Yeah. You mm -hmm. know? And one of the things we found is, uh, you know, Christy said we've had them from eight months to 38 years, mm -hmm. is the folks that have been married for 20 plus years, especially the ones that are getting to be uh, or close to being empty nesters, oh, yes. is all of a sudden the kids are gone and mm -hmm. it's just you two. So we saw that coming and we thought, we better do something mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, where we enjoy each other's company because mm -hmm. the kids are out of the house. So that was part of our motivation, too. And and that's why we see a lot of divorces at 20 years plus. We, we know a couple that get divorced at 49 years of marriage. And how do you do that? You know, but uh, when you first get married, if you don't have children coming into the marriage, uh, you have that grace period sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. where it's just the two of you and then the kids mm -hmm. come and, but you've forgotten how to exist together. You did, you know, once you've raised your children, mm -hmm. uh, 18 plus years, uh, how to enjoy each other's company, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and what did that look like? Uh, when you were dating, when you, you know, or when you very first got married. Yeah, what did and, that and that's like? especially hard for us mamas mm -hmm. because we have to focus so much energy mm -hmm. on the children. We notice a lot of uh, couples that have been married for many, many years. When we sit down to talk to them, they have, prior their priorities are out of whack. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, the priority should be God first, mm -hmm. your spouse, then everything else. Mm -hmm. And so as moms, we we don't have time. Like, it's all about the kids. And before we know it, we've got those kids at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. And we are, you know, unintentionally putting our husbands on the back burner, but also putting God on the back burner because mm -hmm. we just don't. Like everything has just come against us. And so that is huge. We hit that home with people a lot is you have to prioritize or you're going to end up 30 years in and going, I don't even know who you are. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. And what do we do with that? You know, so. Mm -hmm. Well, I saw that in, um, I think I've always just seen parenting and taking care of the children as the, you know, that is my ultimate goal is to make sure that I raise them well. And um, I did not quite understand. I mean, what you said, I mean, I knew that, but then in the little, if we're going to go to practical, how does this work its way mm -hmm. out? You know, I always figured like, hey, my husband, he needs to be the one spending all the fun time. He needs to spend time. I want to cultivate, you know, we hear so much about, um, labored relationships between dads and their children. And so mm -hmm. I was very much pushing um, my husband to get to do all the things, but I stepped myself in the background in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And one thing I recognized in Reengage is like what you're saying, Christy, is um, I need to take my place because it's God given place mm -hmm. to be like, um, no, we are taking a date night. No, mm -hmm. I'm the one who's going to sit next to dad on the couch. You know, mm -hmm. it is so easy uh, yes. for him to load his uh, lap and everybody wants to sit next to dad. And mm -hmm. um, and so I was so much did that. And I mm -hmm. have had to learn to assert my place as like, 
hey, no, yes. save that spot for me. Yes. I'm sitting there. Yes, because one of the the important things that we try to tell people people too, especially people with kids, is they're watching you. Mm-hmm. And if you remember back to some of the very first um, chapters in mm-hmm. Reengage, it talks about your family of origin. Mm-hmm. What and, and you think about those questions, you know, how did you see your parents handling conflict? How did, were your parents loving to each towards mm-hmm. each other? How did they communicate with each other and all that stuff? And And you think back like for us, we didn't have that godly marriage mm-hmm. example. And we're like, oh, like we learned that mm-hmm. from them. And so you are mm-hmm. being an example to your kids and how they are going to be reacting or, you know, inter- mm-hmm. interacting with their spouse yes. in the future. And so what a great way to do that together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And also, I, you know, you, you kind of said something that, that uh, struck me. Uh, that you would assert yourself and and take your place, and what we try to teach and reengage, and like Christy said, the priorities first: God, then your spouse, your children, and then all the other stuff. To include ministry, if you're in mm. ministry, uh, once that's established and once that is part of your DNA mm-hmm. in your marriage, uh, as a wife, you don't, you shouldn't have to assert yourself mm-hmm. because you. Uh, the husband and wife are so focused on serving each other mm-hmm. through this process. It was really what God mm-hmm. wanted us. In Ephesians 5, it says, submit to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're serving each other. And while you're serving each other, you know uh, you guard that spot. Like I would guard Christie's spot next mm-hmm. to me. You know, even through my children, I love my children. We get along great. And mm-hmm. even our grandchildren, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you have grandchildren, mm-hmm. it's all over. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I still guard Christie's place. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm her champion and she's mine. And once that is established and you know that you have this person that's always got your back, you know, that you trust completely, that's loyal to you, always watching out for you, and you're doing that to each other mm-hmm. at the same time, then that spot is always guarded for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand what you're saying. I, mm-hmm. I, I totally do. And sometimes it's because mothers allow their kids to push into that, their mm-hmm. spot. And they're willing to take it. A- absolutely. Oh, and they will. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and that's because you're nurturers. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. natural born nurturers and that's your thing. And, and, uh, and guys, we're, we nurture, but we're not as nearly as good at it as mm-hmm. the moms are. Uh, so, you know, but you learn how through this, uh, doing it God's way is you learn how to complement each other and hold each other up through all of this. And mm-hmm. where you're weak, he's strong. And where he's weak, you're strong, and so on. Yeah. There, there, yeah. Was a, um, there was a comment, and I don't know if this was actually in re-engage or if this was actually just some words of wisdom from the couple that led us in re-engage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a comment that he made that did help me to have a better understanding of this concept of championing my wife. Mm-hmm. And that's when it was communicated to me that, um, that when she marries me, she's not just marrying a human being, she's marrying God's son. Mm-hmm. And when I marry her, I'm not just marrying a woman, I'm marrying God's daughter. So true. And then you think to yourself, well, when you think about it as a, as a, as a father and how protective you are for your daughters, you think, well, how much more is God protective of his daughters? Absolutely. And that put my wife in a different perspective when mm. I thought, oh my, I'm... I'm married to God's daughter. Yes. And then and then you kind of change your perspective with regards to just trying to make sure you clear that spot. Yes. Um, and the priority becomes a little bit different because it comes to mind more. Yes. Whereas maybe it's not as natural mm-hmm. because some of the challenges is when you when you learn things after being married for twenty seven years, you have twenty seven years of habits and and ways and default behaviors. And in in times of crisis and stress, we always revert to our our default is mm-hmm. where we revert to. We don't revert to what we just learned last week or sure. what we learned last month. We revert to the habit that we formed over 27 years. And so that's where the challenge is, is in those periods of crisis is where do you go? And so then you have to basically consistently try to reinforce what are my new habits? So when things are good, you have to basically really focus heavily on doing things correct yeah. so that when the crises hit and all of a sudden everything starts happening around you, you don't find yourself back where you were before. Yes. <laughs> 
because those defaults, those are so ingrained that it's so easy to fall into those. And that's, I think, one of the biggest, I think, challenges. I mean, reengage definitely taught me some things, but yeah. that doesn't mean that the that the battle is won. It just means you have tools to fight. Yes, that, yeah. that's what makes me jealous about the eight-month couples that yeah. come in to reengage. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is great. You're getting these tools now. You don't have to wait 25 years yeah. to try to replace uh-huh. the tools that you've been dealing with the whole time you know yeah. so and part of this is learning our responsibility in the marriage what mm-hmm. is the husband's responsibility what is the wife's responsibility husbands were supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the mm-hmm. home and if we understand the full meaning of that and just part of that is we're giving god's daughter mm-hmm. in marriage uh, to become one with us mm-hmm. what is our responsibility in that uh, okay, so we're supposed to love our wives like Christ loves the church. What does that look like? Well, part of that is we're to encourage them in their walk of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're, we're supposed to help them be all that God mm-hmm. intended them to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as wives, we are supposed to respect. I mean, you guys, mm-hmm. you know, you thrive on respect. And so mm-hmm. it's our job. It's our responsibility to get to give that respect to them, which you, you said something earlier. It's not um, natural. Mm-hmm. That's why God has to tell us in His Word to do it. And so, um, this this picture, this example mm-hmm. from something that we were watching just last night was: so you have a cork down in the bottom of a of a jar. Mm-hmm. You know, you put a cork in the bottom of the jar, and you can tell it all day long: get up, get up, you know, mm-hmm. get up, and it's not going to move. Mm-hmm. But you start pouring respect in mm-hmm. to your husband's, pour some water in there. What's mm-hmm. going to happen? That cork is going to rise up. Mm-hmm. And that's that picture of when we, mm-hmm. as as women of God, are showing our husbands respect. Mm-hmm. It causes them to rise up and be mm-hmm. what God intended them to be. Yeah. And so we're doing that for each other. Mm-hmm. And that's when... It all works. <laughs> but here's the key. We do this regardless of whether they're holding up their end of the bargain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as an example, a man, if a, if a wife shows a husband respect and he doesn't truly deserve it, he hasn't lived up to his end mm-hmm. of the thing, that man will change mm-hmm. to c- continue to receive respect. So they will change. People mm-hmm. change out of receiving what they need yeah you know it's amazing how that mm-hmm. works uh, it's kind of a reciprocity thing not uh, a manipulation yeah, thing yeah. because you, some people look at that as a well that's manipulative yeah. no i am doing what god has required me to do as far as my husband's concerned yeah. which in turn mm-hmm. you know brings him up to what god has you know has mm-hmm. planned for him so yeah well following yeah. god's way will bring black will bring back blessing yes. upon oh. your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah. even if you look at uh, something as it, like giving, you know, uh, it's God says uh, you'll return a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but we don't give it to get mm-hmm. back. It's just a mm-hmm. a, a benefit, yeah. uh, a, a boon of what mm-hmm. you know of being obedient to God, and he and he tells us that he will bless us mm-hmm. through our obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's where that's where people struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. He doesn't act this way. She doesn't act this way. So, I'm not going to do my part. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's disobedience. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the very act right. of doing their part yeah. can lift that their partner mm-hmm. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that comes back to one of the principles. The first principle we learned in reengage the first day, um, which is to stay in our circle. <laughs> yes, um, and and we always have done a pretty good job ourselves of staying in our circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still important to recognize that staying in a circle is more than just saying, I'm not going to say something negative about my spouse. Mm-hmm. Staying in my circle also means I'm going to consistently work on trying to find those areas in my life where I see flaws or where people have told me there are flaws yeah. and then work on those because mm-hmm. I can just stay in my circle and not say a thing and stay the way I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not what God wants for me. God no. is interested in what he's doing in me, not just through me. And so um, I have to actually also work on making sure that I'm in the word, make, so making good. sure that I'm actually looking for those areas that are blind spots and finding out what those are from other people. Mm-hmm. That's also part of staying in my circle. But that Absolutely. is one of the principles that I'll probably never forget with regards to reengage. Sure. It's just the whole concept of that 
picture that circle mm-hmm. and that hula hoop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they could get tossed yeah. on people if they decided to get out of their circle. Yeah. Don't try to fix your spouse. Just fix yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So to wrap it up, um, I know we have people listening locally mm-hmm. where we are near Cookville, Tennessee, and we have people across the country and even some international. And so I am hoping that you got some tools to use today you can apply in your life. Um, but I do want to challenge you if you uh, go on to the website for reengage, um, and I will put a link for that in the show notes and see if you have a class near you. Mm. And if you happen to be close to Cookville, I'm going to also put in the I'm also going to put a link in for the church here, and there's a class coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And do you guys want to introduce, give any information about that? Sure. Uh, we uh, we do reengage here at the river twice a year, and we do we like to do it more. But it's a fourteen week course, so it it takes some some time. Our next one starts August seventeenth, uh, and it'll run for fourteen weeks, and then we do another one come January. We'll have another. One. But I would also say that uh, when she when you put the link up there, mm-hmm. there are churches all over the country doing reengage. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another church here in town that actually does it at First Baptist mm-hmm. uh, in town as well. They do. Uh, they have a small reengage course. When our our uh, sign up sheet, our sign up for the course will open toward the end of the month, uh, and it fills very quickly, mm-hmm. uh, very quickly. So if you're interested, you know, sign up quick. It'll be at the end of the month. You can call, go on to the river to sign up dot the uh, and it'll it'll have the reengage course there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can also start with some tools, and that is to go to marriagehelp.org, mm-hmm. and that links you to the reengage people, the watermark. Mm-hmm. It has podcasts to listen to, mm-hmm. articles to read, mm-hmm. um, sermons to hear on marriage, mm-hmm. just reinforcing those principles mm-hmm. that you learn throughout the the commitment, mm-hmm. the 14-week commitment. So marriagehelp.org, that's a tool that I would say. And seriously, mentally put that, put yourself in a circle and start mm-hmm. praying for God to do mm-hmm. in you, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mature thing to say, what is my part in what's happening in my marriage? Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to point a finger. Mm-hmm. So that's a practical thing that I would say is start opening your, just allow the Lord to search your heart mm-hmm. and opening you up mm-hmm. to hear and receive the things that you are responsible for in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Counseling, find a, a good marriage counselor, Christian counselor mm-hmm. that will give good biblical advice. That's another practical thing that I would say to do. Also, if you if you look for a location that offers reengage and there's not one near you, mm-hmm. uh, you can contact the people at the reengage at Watermark Church. Mm-hmm. There's several because of the whole pandemic thing. Everything mm-hmm. looks different. Um, we don't recommend not being in a group, but mm-hmm. there are um, they're doing a lot of Zoom groups as well so mm-hmm. there's ways to connect if you mm-hmm. don't have a place that offers it uh, you know in a in a location mm-hmm. that's Physical. doable especially mm-hmm. especially if you have children like that's mm-hmm. not something you can just yeah. pick up and drive mm-hmm. 75 miles to go do mm-hmm. but they are offering there's been several classes that they're offering through zoom Yeah, that's a great option. Mm -hmm. I think the bottom line, and I think all of us here with white hair would agree, (laughs) don't wait. Start. Start investing in your Mm -hmm. marriage. Take the Mm -hmm. time. And don't be waiting until you have a six-year crisis festering for six years. You Mm want to just keep maintaining your marriage um, because, you know, I think the enemy has plans mm-hmm. to take down yes. the family. Absolutely. And uh, this is part of your spiritual warfare, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think sometimes um, we see that people think that their problems are unique. Mm-hmm. You know, that and we, we want to encourage you that you're not a unicorn. That's right. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the same kind of issues. And so mm-hmm. you're not going to surprise someone. I used to be jealous of people who had a great marriage. I'd say, wow, they got it all together. Like, what? 
is going on. We mm-hmm. can't get it together. And I f- quickly found out when we <laughs> got into ministry that those people work very hard at mm-hmm. it. And that's yeah. why mm-hmm. they have a great marriage. Yeah. You can't just skate mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for mm-hmm. um, being in this little meeting today. This was mm-hmm. fun, and maybe we can do it again sometime sure. and yes. go a little deeper and peel into some more stories. But for now, I wonder if one of you would just like to pray to close us out. Um, oh, I'd love just to. Just for the families mm-hmm. that are th- the listening, and yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. Father, we come before you, Lord, uh, so grateful that you have given us instructions on how to do marriage your way. Uh, We know, Father, through experience now that it works all the time. Uh, So we pray for those, Lord God, that are out there struggling in their marriage, uh, that they they seek help uh, for it, that they don't wait until it's just so bad that uh, that the mountain that they have to climb is it looks insurmountable and uh, but you are a big God and you could take even marriages in that case in, in those states and make something beautiful out of it Lord so we pray father that uh, that even these words that we've spoken in this podcast that it touches somebody's heart and that they they reach out to uh, uh, somebody near them, uh, somebody in the church, and, and just ask for help. And more importantly, Father, we pray that they reach out to you, uh, mm-hmm. that they're willing to open up and let you make incredible uh, life changes in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in advance. We praise you and we love you. We pray all this in the most matchless, glorious, and beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Well, have you been encouraged? It's check-in time. How are you doing in your marriage? Do you have a mentor couple? Should you? Well, I think we all have been given a few good reminders and a lot of truth today. So if you're ready to dig in deeper, go to the show notes and follow those links. And while your phone is out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Now, for the moms listening, remember that you can join me and my friends for encouraging conversations over at Tending Fields Moms Group on Facebook. Bye-bye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is not.